this evening, we're going to meditate on the birth of Christ by looking towards the end of Christ's life. You see, when we think about Christmas, we can't forget Easter. We can't forget the resurrection of Christ. If you lose the resurrection, then Christ's birth means absolutely nothing. It's the resurrection that seals and secures why Christ was born. And so to meditate on the birth of Christ, let's look towards the end of Christ's life when he's standing before Pilate about to go on trial. So if you would, turn with me to John chapter 18. John chapter 18, and I'm going to read verses 33 through 38, but we're going to focus primarily on verses 37 and 38 this evening for the devotional. But I'll read 33 through 38 so that we get the full context of what Pilate is talking about with Jesus as Jesus is before him about to head on trial. So John chapter 18 beginning in verse 33. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Verse 37, this is where we'll focus tonight. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born. And for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? Thanks be to God for his word this evening. In this text, this is the only time in the gospel accounts of Jesus' life where where we actually have recorded Jesus referencing his birth. And look at the purpose there. He he says, this is why I was born, to bear witness to the truth. Over the next few minutes that we have, I just want to answer, or I want to address three questions that are implied from this text. Three questions that are implied from this text. And the first question is actually the question Pilate himself asks at the end of the text. What is truth? Now, understandably, Pilate is saying this, he's asking this question in somewhat of a mocking tone. Meaning, he doesn't really believe there's actual truth to be learned. What is truth, Jesus? This is something we hear commonly today. What is truth? There is no truth. But Jesus himself says there is the truth in verse 37. So what is truth? Truth is reality as explained by the sovereignty of God. Truth is the way things really are. What is reality? Meaning perception is not reality. Meaning 
Just because I believe something to be true does not make it true. Just because I want to hold fast to this idea that this is truth, if it does not line up with what the sovereign God has said and ordained or decreed or created, it is not truth. Truth is not defined by our feelings or our circumstances or influences around us. Truth doesn't change. It can't be manipulated. It's not relative. It's not subjective. And it's not inclusive. There is one truth. You see, truth finds its origin in the character of God and its revelation in the Word of God. God is the author, the stander, and the determiner of all truth. You see, truth reveals who God is and exposes who we are. Truth reveals God is holy and exposes us in our unholiness. It reveals God as just judge of sin, but exposes us, each and every one of us, as sinners. It reveals God as merciful and exposes us in our desperate need for mercy. It reveals God as faithful and exposes us in all of our unfaithfulness. It reveals God as a gracious God and exposes our desperate need of His ongoing grace in our lives. You see, the truth comforts us when we're discouraged. The truth strengthens us when we're weak. The truth challenges us when we are complacent and in sin. It equips us when we are tempted and it restrains us from sin. God has sovereignly given His truth to His people. And He's revealed it in His Word. And since truth is revealed in God's Word, God takes seriously how His Word is handled and dealt with. Listen to Matthew 18, verse 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones, meaning His disciples, these little ones who believe in Me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. And then in James chapter 3, verse 1, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with straight, greater strictness. The truth of God's Word cannot be mishandled or dealt with poorly. And if God holds seriously who teaches His Word, we should be very serious about who we listen to teach God's Word. We must be discerning. But hearing that Jesus Himself says, I was born, I came into this world so that I could testify to the truth is actually an extremely comforting thing to know. Because it's comforting to know that truth can be known. Because that implies that God Himself wants to be known. He's not a God who wants to hide Himself. He's not a God who wants nothing to do with us. He's a God who wants to reveal who, is, who He is. He wants to reveal His glory. He wants to share it with His people. He wants to be known. 
And so we're left asking the second question, how can we know this truth? How can we know the truth? How can we know God and know His ways? Well, we see that in our text. Jesus says, this is why He was born, so that He would testify to it, so that we would know it, so that it was accessible to us. Listen to Colossians uh, chapter 1, verse 15. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Hebrews 1, verse 3, He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature. You see, Jesus Himself is the embodiment of truth. He is truth incarnate. Which just makes this text drip with irony when Pilate asks, what is truth? When He has the truth sitting right in front of Him. This is how blind we can be to the truth. When pride or arrogance or our own belief of what we think is right clouds our souls and our minds and our hearts from seeing the truth standing right before us. Jesus' birth and his need to come into the world in order to testify about the truth implies that truth is outside of us. It's not something we can muster up in and of ourselves. Jesus coming to testify about the truth means we need someone to come and and step in and reveal to us the truth so that we know what's right, so that we know what is true, so that we know how to live, so that we know who this God is. But our nature does not want to know the truth. Deep down inside of each and every one of us, we don't want to know the truth because it confronts us and it hurts and it's uncomfortable. Each and every one of us needed Jesus to come in the flesh to destroy the false identities we've constructed and the lies that we've believed and reveal the harsh reality to us that we are all worshipers of self. I want to determine what's right. I want to define what's true. What's true for me may not be true for you, but don't confront me in it because my truth is, is the, this is the truth. We don't like to be told we're wrong. We don't like to think that we might not know it all. We don't like to think that we might not have it all put together. We like to think that we know what's best for us. And when Jesus comes in, that's confronted in every aspect by the truth that you need God. But in your sin, you cannot be with him. You cannot know him. Jesus is the only way to know the truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 1 John 5.20 And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and He is eternal life. You see, all the promises God has given to His people find their pure fulfillment in Jesus Christ. God promised Eve that one day from her line, someone from her line would crush the head of Satan. 
And that was Jesus. God promised Abraham that from his lineage would come one through whom the nations would be blessed. That was Jesus. He brought peace to the nations where they could come to God. God promised one better than Moses would come to his people. Hebrews tells us that that was Jesus. God promised, that, promised David that one, from his, one of his descendants would rule on the throne God would give him for eternity. Multiple times throughout Scripture, that's shown to be Jesus. God promised His people that they would be redeemed through one who would be born of a virgin, would have clean hands and a pure heart, would be mocked, ridiculed, beaten, and tortured as He took on the transgressions and the iniquities of God's people, and that He would be hung on a tree, and in that He would be cursed by God, not for His own sin because He had none, but for the sins of His people. And that he would die and be buried in a rich man's grave that was not his own. But that because this one would be resurrected, the power of Satan would be destroyed and death would lose its sting. You see, all the promises of God find their reality in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the truth. Everything that God has spoken leads to Jesus. Everything that God has called you to be is perfected in Jesus. The one in whom God calls you to turn away from your sin and to look towards is Jesus. Jesus is the truth. Knowledge of the truth never comes separate from the humility of the heart. It takes humility to confess, I need the truth. It takes humility to confess, I don't know everything. It takes humility to confess, I'm a sinner. I'm wicked. And without Jesus, I face the wrath of God. We don't get to stand before God one day and have him say, you got partly right. That's okay. God's given one way to be made right before him, and that's through Jesus, the truth. And so our third question tonight is, do you know the truth? Do you know the truth? And this is one question I can't answer for you. This is a question that only you can answer of yourself. You see, anyone who is of the truth lives a life that acknowledges the sovereignty of God in both proclamation through speech and devotion through action. At Christmas, in the manger, manger, truth had come. Truth had arrived. Truth was embodied. Truth was before the shepherds, before Mary and Joseph. And the truth is before you tonight. You have the word of God. I told you at the beginning of service, if you don't own a Bible, take one home with you. You have the truth right there. And so a sub-question to this one is, is, are you listening to him? Are you listening to his voice? Jesus says this in our text. The end of verse 37, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. So to our question, do you know the truth? It follows up with the question, am I listening to his voice? 
Am I listening to this Jesus? Truth demands obedience. And so if we're not listening to the voice of the truth, what voice are you listening to? Is it those around you? Is it those in society around us? Is it yourself saying, this is true? What I believe is true. What lies might you be listening to that are masking themselves as the truth? That are promising you hope, but they will always fail to deliver in it. That say, here's some peace, but you never truly feel at peace. What's holding you back from submitting to the truth? And if you are here tonight and you are listening to the voice of God, listening to the voice of truth, if you would consider yourself a Christian, if you've repented of your sins and you are following Jesus in faith, listening to his voice, then you have hope this Christmas. But remember, you were given ears by God to hear the voice of the one who speaks truth. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, it's not because you were smarter than anyone else and it's not because you were better than anyone else. See, that's what we're confronted with in the truth is that we're not good enough. None of us. And so if you're listening to the voice of Jesus, it's because God's done a work in you. He's given you eyes to see what others can't see. He's given you ears to hear what others can't hear. He's given you a new heart to believe what others don't believe. Your knowledge of the truth is a gift from God. So as you celebrate this Christmas Eve, as you go home tonight, some of you might be opening presents tonight, remember, you've been given the greatest gift of all in Jesus Christ. Not just to make you feel good, but because through Christ you've been given the truth. You've been given the way, and you've been given eternal life. Remember the gift God has given you in Jesus Christ, who is the truth. And let's follow after him. Let's pray.